0: Welcome to Dead Pilot Society. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of this thing. First off, tickets are on sale for our next live show. It's Saturday, June 23rd, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth Theater. We're going to have Dead Pilots by Genji Cohen, Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher, and Caroline Williams. These are three totally different, all really funny scripts. Cast is starting to shape up. Uh, Check our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook feeds for updates on casting. Uh, it's always a great time. Go to Eventbrite and search Dead Pilot Society for tickets. Man, I am recording this the day after the Roseanne cancellation. Uh, It's a very big deal in the world of broadcast TV. We're all kind of digesting it. All I know is there are going to be so many ripple effects from this. I mean, first and foremost, there's all the camera operators and grips and hair and makeup and props and wardrobe people. You know, It takes over 100 people to make a show And all of them had landed on a hit show And I'm sure felt they had job security for years And they're all now scrambling for work And you know, beyond that, there's this hole now In ABC's schedule that opens up room For some very good or very bad luck For some creator You know, Maybe ABC decides you know, they need another comedy And someone who had gotten a bad news call Before Upfronts that their pilot was dead suddenly finds himself getting an unexpected great call that they're getting on the air after all. Or maybe they decide to put a drama in that time slot and someone who is in pre-production on their half hour suddenly finds their time slot gone. You know, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, the just sheer unpredictability of this business and how many circumstances beyond the quality of the show you've written or made can determine its fate. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, what I'm sure will continue for a while is this reboot fever that has taken over network TV. Uh, and if that's bumming you out, and you're hungry for original ideas, you know you're in the right place. If you haven't listened to all of our episodes, go back, listen to Only Child and Formosa and Housewives and My Cousin Thor and Roller World and Frontman and Wonderland and so many more, so many great original shows. Sure, there's only one episode of each of them, but, you know, you take what you can get. Our dead pilot this time is Adulting by Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein. Uh, Abby and Mark just wrote and directed the movie I Feel Pretty, and their other screenwriting credits include Never Been Kissed, He's Just Not That Into You, and How to Be Single. They're sort of specialists in taking plotless self-help books and turning them into features, or in this case, TV shows, adulting is based on the blog and book by kelly williams brown Uh, they've obviously written a lot of features but they've also you know written a lot of tvs stay tuned after the table read for a more in-depth interview that i did with abby and mark where we really break down their writing process and how they go about turning something that has no story into a story Uh, i really had a great time talking to them so please stick around for that our cast this time, uh, Jessica Roth as Penny, Scott Michael Foster as Matt, Lucas Neff as Gil, Caitlin Tarver as Ruth, Tony Trucks as Sabine, Jamie Denbo as Faye, Hank Chen as Dave, Mark Evan Jackson as Frandon, and Aiden Meieri as various cops and clerks and ladies. So here's my co-host, Ben Blacker, uh, talking to Abby live before the read. Uh, followed by The read of Adulting, followed by my interview with Abby and Mark, after a brief message.
1: Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's Everything's Coming coming Up up Simpsons. Simpsons,
2: Every episode, we
3: cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests.
4: We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors, like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed. And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already.
5: Homer wearing that golf
2: outfit is I so love funny. It. And there's <laughs> when he gets super into golf, he's wearing the golf hat in bed. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, yeah. that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but. I mean, like, you can't say that about a lot, of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years.
3: Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: All right. Smell you later. Uh, please give a round of applause to Abby Cohen. <laughs> let's, let's talk for a minute. Is this one on now?
1: Okay. Do I stand next to yeah, you? Yeah, stand here? next to me. Hi. It's nice Hi. to meet you. I just, I called you Brian in an email. I know. That was weird. Did you see how I signed my email? I know. With and my I, full when name. I went back to find the address today, I saw you did that and.
5: Yeah. You, Passive I, aggressive.
1: I know. It was weird. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Yeah. I apologize. It's
6: right. Ben.
5: It's okay, Annie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Abby and her writing partner, Mark, who's not here today, uh, wrote our first pilot, which is a terrific pilot called Adulting. Uh, yeah, give him a round of applause. Let's see. you haven't heard it yet um, Abby uh, tell us a little bit about where this pilot came from and and the process of developing it
1: okay um, we the book was brought to us by um, by JJ Abrams um, which we were very excited about and we thought that would bring us somewhere other than right here <laughs> um, it seems like a sure thing right we thought so yeah Um, and they had a, there's this adorable girl, Kelly, who's a a young journalist in Seattle who, um, had a column and then wrote a book about, um, she's, I think, 26 and realized that at 26, most people don't have the skills of being an adult as people did at 26, 50 years ago. Nobody knows how to do shit. Um, so... There's a young boy in the audience, I apologize. <laughs> There are a lot of children in the are audience, there? I'm don't sorry. worry about it. Um, They're
5: savvier now than they ever were. Okay,
1: um, and we read the book, and actually, JJ called us. We were not gonna do TV much for the, because we had a, um, quite a bit of failure. Um, and we were kind of over doing television for a while. We originally started doing movies, we continued to do movies. But um, he called and had this book, and we thought it was a great idea for a series, so um, we did. Uh,
5: and was the pitching process easier because you had J.J. involved?
1: Um, I, th- I mean, the buying of it was easier. Right. The pitching of it is always, you know, <laughs> the same. But you guys um, are funny,
5: and you have a track record for being funny. Yeah, you, you've I mean... you made these movies never been kissed, people love.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I... Um, I don't mind pitching. I, I, I don't, um, I'm not gonna say I enjoy it. It definitely is anxiety producing. But um, a lot of times, at least in movies, I'd rather spend two weeks working up a pitch than spend, you know, seven months writing the movie that they're not but gonna that, buy. That
5: they're not gonna buy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you sold it to whom?
1: We sold it to Fox.
5: Okay. And was the development process a typical development process for you? Did they ask for a lot of wild changes? Was it fairly simple? How did that work? I mean,
1: I think probably, I I have not been to your thing before, but I I imagine there are probably most stories start with the, they said it was the best script they (laughs) had that year, which they did. Um, And so it was actually pretty easy. They loved the script. We thought everything was going on sort of this trajectory. And then we got a phone call that, don't be alarmed, but they don't want anything with women. (laughs)
5: <laughs> that sounds right
1: and actually asked us could we very quickly change it to a man did they really mm-hmm. and at first I honestly thought they meant me like should I bow out and let Mark continue <laughs> like they legitimately didn't want to work with a woman um, so and I was story. willing to just sit back um, so this was from
5: source material based correct on a uh, woman's based on a woman story. that's right so did you guys even entertain this or were you like eh, thanks but no thanks
1: we did not but good for you I think that was the first moment where we we're like no oh, this might not go <laughs> Um how
5: late in the process was that?
1: Uh I'd say days before we got the call. Yes. You know, you always I, I was it was the day you pick up your kids at the before Thanksgiving, I'm there, and then I get the call that um that uh, no, it's a no-go. So they're not gonna make the problem.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, it's very good. They missed Thank their opportunity. You. Um, Thank is, you. this is gonna be your first time hearing it read out loud, right?
1: It is, and in fact I didn't re- I didn't read it over before coming. I wanted to just be it's pretty racist. Um,
5: <laughs> I was surprised by that.
1: <laughs> Very misogynistic. Yeah. Um, what needs more men? Um, yeah. No, I mean, I really haven't read it since the day oh, that crazy. I got the call. So it'll be fun. And, I the, think so. and surprising and you know, good. Well, you too. are
5: in for a treat. Abby, thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you for letting us do it. Thank you. This is adulting, written by
0: Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein. <laughs> Act one, we're exterior of the East Precinct of the Portland Police Department. It's video phone footage. Penny, wearing a cute dress and funky heels, sitting in what appears to be a jail holding cell, talks directly into the camera of her iPhone. She looks exhausted. Her makeup is streaked, her hair deflated.
3: We all assume that being an adult is about making the right life choices, you know, navigating those big, crucial events. But I'm going to posit that it starts with the little things so here we go, and you got to trust me on this one. Tip number one, make your foot... Sorry, I should watch my language. Just make your effing bed.
0: The title card, four days earlier, we're interior Penny and Gil's apartment in the morning. It's a tiny bathroom crammed with Penny's hair products, library books, her collection of framed candy wrappers. Still in her pajamas, Penny enters, pees while flipping through a book, then looks at the toilet paper roll. Empty. Disappointed but hardly surprised, she gets up, her pajama pants around her ankles, and looks in the cabinet under the sink. No toilet paper there either. Penny continues her search, hopping, pajamas still around her ankles, out of the bathroom and into the living room where she hops around the apartment. She looks in the coat closet under the kitchen sink and finds nothing. That is, until she spies a crumpled Taco Bell bag on the kitchen counter. (laughs) She looks inside and... Bingo. Napkins. She's elated. She hustles back to the bathroom. We're in the bedroom later. Penny, munching on a Slim Jim, walks into her bedroom to find her boyfriend, Matt, pulling on his pants. Penny tosses some rumpled clothes off of a chair, sits, and watches him, happy.
7: Don't you think you should be getting ready for work, too?
3: That's okay. I can be a few minutes late. My boss is great, but he's kind of a
0: pushover. Admirable work ethic. He goes to put on his button-down shirt, which he has neatly folded amid the chaos
7: of the room. But I've got to get in early. I have a new orthotics vendor that- She appears to be playing something on her phone. This is why you're gonna be late?
3: Coco Loco. See, I'm trying to get my little marshmallow to break down the chocolate fort.
7: I gotta go. <laughs> Actually, you know what, I, I don't, I don't wanna go.
3: Right? This level is a boss. If you bust down the fort, you earn a chocolate chair.
7: I'm sorry, Penny. It's over.
3: Wait, what?
7: Matt looks around the room at the mess at Penny and looks exhausted. I can't be in this relationship anymore. I'm trying to do something here. I'm trying to build a business, build a life.
3: Yeah, me too.
7: You eat beef jerky and Red Bull for breakfast. Okay,
3: technically it's not jerky. It is a meat stick.
7: (laughs) I really care about you, Penny, all right? But it's been over a year and you still haven't grown up at all. You paid your last gas bill and lose change. You can't even remember to take your birth control pill. You refuse to make your freaking bed.
3: Okay, look, that is just a philosophical divide. I don't understand why you need to make your bed knowing that you're just about to going to unmake it about 15 hours later.
7: You are a child.
3: I'm a child. (laughs) Why? Because I don't have everything figured out at 27. Okay, because maybe occasionally I make some errors in judgment. That makes me a child?
0: A loud yay emanates from her phone.
3: No way!
6: We got the chocolate (laughs) cheer!
0: Goodbye, Penny. He grabs his jacket and leaves, closing the door behind him. She just looks at the door, the finality sinking in. We're in Penny and Gil's apartment. Matt grabs his briefcase from the living room, looking up to find Gil, shirtless, scruffy beard, and hot, making toast with a lighter in the kitchen.
8: Hey, man. You want to lose the attachy case for a minute and have some breakfast? I think it's going to be tasty.
7: I'm, I'm good, and it's just a work bag.
8: Uh, I've got to get out there and contribute to the commercializing of every aspect of the human experience.
7: Am I right? No, and I could spend the next 90 minutes explaining that to you During which time you still would not be done making that single slice of toast Oh yeah, I
8: had to unplug the toaster so I could listen to my jams
7: (laughs) Why don't you just get a splitter for the outlet? (laughs) Oh, there
8: you go with your fancy terms again, Attachy Case Look, you don't got to impress
7: me Splitter costs 99 cents, I wasn't trying to blow your mind Oh
8: man, it's all about the money with you, isn't it, man?
7: You know, it is somewhat about the money in that I actually earned some. Look, I didn't back into that food truck.
8: It backed into me. They offered me a settlement.
0: (laughs) Do me a favor. Check in on Penny, okay? Matt exits. Gil walks over to Penny's bedroom, lightly knocks on the door. No answer. He knocks again. Nothing. Finally, he slowly opens the door. Gil sits on the edge of the bed. Penny's under the covers.
3: No one is ever gonna love me and I'm gonna be alone forever.
8: Oh, you know that's not true. I've tried to sleep with you like 11 times. <laughs> and I think I tried to marry you once
0: at that weird frontier chapel, but. Penny pulls the covers down. Tears stream down her face.
3: I mean, nobody is ever gonna want me. I mean, I don't even make my bed.
8: <laughs> Why would you make your bed? Why would anyone who isn't an old or British make their bed?
3: Right?
8: No one actually makes their bed. Matt does. Okay, that's not a good example. Matt's not one of us. He probably owns a shoehorn and takes a multivitamin and knows his hat size. He
6: does!
0: <laughs> Gil holds up his lighter and bread.
8: Hey, you want some toast?
3: I don't have that kind of time. Uh, I should probably get to work.
8: What? Okay, you are calling in sick and taking care of yourself. Tequila?
0: It's
3: 830. it's 8.30. You're right.
8: Let's get started.
0: Gil runs out. Penny slumps back down on her pillow as her eyes well back up with tears. We're interior of the Little Bird Bistro. It's a busy lunch spot. Everyone's in work attire, including Ruth, Penny's younger sister. Penny is in sweats.
9: So, we decided to go with the knot for web hosting. I've got this thing on the site where you can vote on the neckline of the bridesmaid's dress. Deep V is the winner by far right now, so... Does
3: your wedding really need its own website? Mom and Dad had a deli tray.
9: Okay, you need to get psyched, Penny. You are my big sister and my maid of honor, and you haven't done anything. You haven't even thrown me an engagement party. You haven't even written a note in the guest e-book.
3: I'm sorry. Congratulations! I prefer a boat neck. <laughs> Matt
9: broke up with me. Oh, God. Sorry. I know how much he meant to you. But you kind of saw that coming, right? I mean, come on. He's a man with a plan. You're a girl with an expired driver's license.
3: So you agree with him? I don't know. What did he say? Well, I mean, he said that I'm a child. He said that I don't know how to be a grown-up. He said that I can't even remember to take my birth control pill.
0: Those words, birth control pill, hang in the air. Then panic washes over Penny's face.
3: I gotta go. In
0: Penny and Gil's apartment the bathroom. Penny flies into the bathroom with purpose. She flings open a drawer, rifles around madly, and comes up with her birth control pack. She flicks it open, finds today's pill, and then starts to slide her finger backwards around the little circle, touching each pill that she has missed. When she passes eight, she knows it can't be good. She goes rifling back through the drawer, finally dumping its contents on the floor until she comes up with the tiny little accordion-folded drug information that comes with the pill.
3: Okay, 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 if you miss one pill, okay, if you miss two, blah, 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 blah. If you miss three or more, discard that pack and use an alternate method of birth control. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no,
0: no, no. In Penny's room, she looks in her wallet. She has 45 cents. She checks her balance online. It's somehow negative. We're in her 1989 BMW 325i. She scrounges under the seats of her car. 85 cents more. We're in a Walgreens. The counter is strewn with various objects that Penny is attempting to return. She hands the clerk a bag of Doritos.
3: And you got to take this back. It's unopened. 1198 credit God yes, nailed it I will take one of these She
0: hands her a pregnancy test
3: I don't need a bag
0: Now we're in Penny's bedroom She sits on her unmade bed Pregnancy stick in hand She takes out her phone Sets the timer to three minutes
3: Okay, it's gonna be negative It's gonna be negative Like, I'm ready to be what? A mom? Clean your room Don't eat cat litter Oh, no, no I don't think so Uh, I can't have a child. I am a child.
0: Tears form in Penny's eyes. She continues to stare at her phone. Then she closes the timer app, opens her camera app, and hits record.
3: Okay, so, um, Zygote? I no, you know what? I am going to call you Giselle for now, but it's not set in stone. Um, anyway, if you're in there, or even if you're not in there, but you might be in there someday, I'm going to make you a promise. Right here, right now, I am going to grow up. I'm going to learn how to be an adult. For you, for me. It's time.
0: Penny closes her camera, goes back to the timer. Zero. She turns to the pregnancy (laughs) test sitting next to her. Finally, she opens it and looks. It's negative. She throws the test across the room.
6: Nailed it! (laughs) (laughs)
0: She hops up and does a little victory dance Then she sits down and exhales the weight of the situation actually sinking in. Things are about to change. End of act one. We're in act two in Penny and Gil's apartment building hallway. Penny, holding a small package, climbs the stairs of her apartment building. She knocks on a door which opens to reveal a lovely apartment. Tastefully furnished, vintage lamps, etc. And Sabine, pretty, stylish, and sophisticated, stacking china on the dining room table.
3: Hi, they put your mail in my box again. Why does your mail smell like a fairy garden and mine smells like fish sauce?
4: Because my rose water drawer liners come addressed to me and most of your mail comes addressed to current occupant. (laughs)
3: So, what do you do with those liners? You put them in the drawer with your dishes? No,
4: in my lingerie drawer. And this china isn't mine. I rented it for the work party I had last night. Wow.
3: I thought dishes were always a purchase situation. I never noticed how rad your place looks. Like, where did you even get those? The curtains? Um, the, the- yeah, yeah, and the, the uh, rug. Ooh, and that wooden bird. I mean, I would walk by that bird in a store like a thousand times and never even think about buying it. Or, I mean, think there were even people who would ever think about buying wooden birds. But, God,
4: it looks so good in here. How do you know all of this stuff? I don't know. I mean, my mom was great at this stuff, and I think that's... I guess it's in my genes. Mm-hmm. What if only show tunes and narcissism are in my genes? <laughs> you think all this stuff can be learned? Yes, for sure. Look, once your eyes have been opened, you'll see it everywhere.
0: We're exterior to Vision Street in the morning. Penny rides her bike when she sees a girl her age on the side of the road changing her tire with a jack by herself. Penny's transfixed. <laughs> <laughs> As she pedals by, she gives her the thumbs up. The girl looks at Penny, thoroughly confused. (laughs) Then we're on Belmont Street. As Penny locks up her bike, it starts to pour. A woman walking by her takes a teeny tiny folding umbrella out of her average-sized purse and is under it and dry in seconds. (laughs) Penny just stands back, nodding in admiration, dripping wet. (laughs) We're at Stumptown Coffee. Penny waits in a long line. She notices the hipster guy in line in front of her. He has his vitamins organized in a Monday through Friday pillbox. She's intrigued. He takes out the Monday vitamin and pops it in his mouth.
4: Huh. Amazing.
0: (laughs) We go to Perpetual Motion, an intensely serious running shoe store. Penny, in track pants and a polo shirt that says Perpetual Motion, kneels on the ground, eyes at floor level, watching an elderly lady walk on the treadmill.
3: I mean, it's just mind-blowing. No, people are out there doing all of this stuff that it would never even occur to me to do it. When did this start? How did I miss this? I mean, what have I been doing this whole time?
0: The lady says...
2: How long do I need to
3: be doing this? (laughs) Oh, well, you've been done for a while.
0: Penny shuts off the treadmill and helps the lady down.
3: You're a supinator with flat arches, and the shoes you've been wearing have been doing you no favors. My boss can be in any minute, and he could talk to you about our best motion control
6: shoots.
0: The door dings as it opens, and Penny and looks up. There he is. In walks Matt, her boss. He joins her at the counter, not quite knowing what to say, and notices the elderly lady. What do we
7: got?
3: Sub flat runs less than twenty-five a week. Needs a good MC.
7: You doing okay? I mean, I know this must be awkward. It's only been a couple of days.
3: No, um, I'm great. I'm crushing it, really. You know, full plate, lots of adult-type things, uh, behaviors, actions. Penny. I'm serious. Like, I got a um, a mammogram, Hmm. and that's pretty mature. And I've been, um, you know, I've been looking into uh, 401k for myself, you know, shopping around getting the system to work for me. All right.
0: As he starts to walk away, Penny racks her brain to come up with something else.
3: Oh, party for Ruth. You are? Yeah, it's going to be pretty high end. I mean, I might not even use my own dishes. I mean, we'll, we'll see.
7: <laughs> well, that sounds great, Penny. I know Ruth was disappointed you hadn't really stepped up.
0: Matt smiles. Penny smiles.
7: You should come. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, that's nice. I mean, regardless of what we've been through, you, you know how much I care for Ruth and Dave. When is it? Friday? Are you asking me if it's Friday? Oh, no, no, no,
3: no, no. It's Friday. Does, does that work for you? Friday.
7: Uh, well, I, I think so.
3: Ah, uh, Friday it is, then. I will send you the invite. And
0: we're in Penny and Gil's apartment. Penny's in the kitchen, fumbling with a paper towel roll. She wrestles with it a little more, then steps back in surprise and delight. She has hung the roll on a holder.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, that looks amazing.
0: She calls to Gil.
3: Hey, hey, you know the dangly thing under the cabinet? I knew it had to be for something... Yes, maybe being an adult is not as hard as I thought because I am on fire.
0: She goes to Gil's room to find him making his bed.
3: Are you actually making your bed? Wait, are you starting to have some of the same feelings about life that I am having?
0: Uh,
8: I don't know. Um, I'm making my bed because a Norwegian guy from Airbnb is going to be paying me $14 to sleep in it this weekend while I'm hanging at the Dunkin' Donuts, where you can chill all night for one $0.99 cup of coffee.
3: Okay, it's, it's possible we're feeling some different kinds of things. But I like the (laughs) bed-making. Why? Well, I think Matt needs to see some hard proof that I can change. She's the
8: one that needs to change. You are perfect.
3: (laughs) Well, be that as it may, I kind of, you know, concocted a plan to impress him and potentially get him back.
0: The doorbell rings. Penny bounds towards the door. Penny was there with Ruth. With Ruth and Dave, Ruth's fiancé, and Gil following. She's jazzed as she walks
9: around the living room. Okay,
3: and so I'm thinking we'll put some food over here and... You know, we could do something I mean, it's
9: a really sweet thought, Penny, but are you sure you're up for it? (laughs) Are
8: you kidding me? Our parties are legendary. You want me to call my new bass player, Brady? He makes this amazing, like, 190-proof hooch in the Snoopy
0: snow cone machine?
8: (laughs) Yes!
3: Let's do it! No, no, no. (laughs) This is going to be a super classy adult affair.
0: Dave looks instantly disappointed.
3: Yeah? Yeah, I can do this. I, I want to do this for you both. And, you know, I know I don't have a lot of money, but I am rich with ideas.
0: We're with Dave and Gil in the kitchen later. They drink beers and they eat Flamin' Hot Munchies out of the bag. Dave looks content. I've got a transient Norwegian border
8: coming. He
2: said he's a DJ. Could be rad for your party. Please make that happen. These are fantastic. I can't eat like this anymore. Not since taking the bar last summer caused my whole irritable bowel thing.
8: Yeah, it's it's got rolled gold, Cheetos, Doritos, and Sun Chips all
2: in the same bag. It's kind of like the temple of the dog of the junk food for you, you know? Your life is amazing. I eat tuna packed in water on my 11-minute lunch break from a job I hate, and then on Saturdays, sometimes we talk about Mm mini-blinds. Now we're with Ruth and Penny in the living room.
3: Okay, so I saw this girl on Etsy who makes these amazing-looking centerpieces out of dryer lint and food coloring. I can totally do that.
9: Maybe you should um, partner up with the other bridesmaids. You know, like, Colleen was our social chair at Theta. She planned our spring formal, like, three years in a row, and she actually just bought a house, so maybe we could... Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait. What's going on? You were all over me doing this.
9: Yeah, but I I didn't think you'd actually follow through. I mean, you never do.
3: Okay, look. We both know that you're younger. (laughs) Even though you are younger, you are ahead of me in so many ways. Okay, I look at you, and I'm like in awe sometimes of how you've made this great life for yourself, and I'm just trying to catch up. So please let me do this for you. You'd be surprised how much I know about this stuff.
0: We see that Ruth is touched. We go to Sabine's apartment. Penny has a notebook in her lap.
4: So I'm not, I'm sure I fully understand. Okay, you're telling me that you've never heard of hand soap?
3: (laughs) Obviously, I've heard of soap Mm -hmm. being used for hands. I just didn't, I didn't see it as a separate form, like,
4: you know. Elbow soap or ear soap. You're going to take one of my lavender soaps. It's shaped like dumps, And then you'll borrow a pretty little tea saucer and put it on it. And for you, I think the most important thing is uh, the signature drink. It makes the evening seem special. And it really cuts down the cost because you don't need to have a full bar. And also, you need an evocative name. Right, like the titty twister. How is that the first name that came to mind? I don't know. Okay, Okay, maturity is a really a process go on okay uh, for food um i'd focus on one dish done well uh try to borrow the things that you can mismatch silverware is always better than plastic and focus on the personal touches a wishing tree is always good a fun game to keep the guests engaged
3: thank you so much you know i only understood about 45 percent of what you just said but i can totally go online later and figure out some of those terms you're the best (laughs)
0: And we go to Penny's mom, Faye's house, a cluttered bungalow whose decor is half college dorm, half Jewish grandmother. Faye, Penny's mom, sits with her VCR remote in hand, watching what appears to be a very poorly recorded stage production of Spring (laughs) Awakening. (laughs) Penny rifles around in the small kitchen.
1: Come in here, honey. Come on. Check out the choreography they have me doing at the top of the second act. It's like an 85-second dance break, and I'm just standing there doing a pat of bouret It's horseshit.
3: Mom, <laughs> I really need to borrow ice cube trays. I don't have ice cube trays. Why don't you have ice cube trays? You don't have ice cube trays. I'm a young adult. So am I! Look mom. Okay, I went on goop, and Gwyneth Paltrow really speaks highly of freezing time inside the ice cube trays of a signature drink. Do you have anything I could use?
1: Ah, uh,
6: okay. Uh, when Helen got married
1: for the fourth time, Jeanette threw her this naughty party, and I think we all got Jello molds in the shape of a giant phallus. Maybe you could use those.
6: What
3: happened, Mom? Why don't you ever teach me this stuff? What are you talking about? What what stuff? You know how to roast a chicken, or put smelly paper in your underwear drawer, or how to you know live like a grown up. I, I don't know, sweetheart. M- Martha Stewart, I'm not, okay? Oh, I know, I know. Just, just be there on time, okay? And wear a bra.
6: Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Faye laughs and nods, even Penny cracks a smile. We begin a montage. Penny makes a paperless post to Evite for her party. It looks really classy. She proudly hits send. In the courtyard, Penny puts together a wishing tree from a pile of sticks she's collected. She pours water into an ice cube tray, placing a sprig of thyme into each cube. At the running store, Penny checks the paperless post site on the computer, lots of yes replies, including Matt. She looks over to him as he's helping a customer. He smiles at her. She can't help but smile back. Penny follows a recipe for rack of lamb. She cleans her apartment, shoving nearly every extraneous thing into her room. Finally, she collapses onto her still unmade bed, exhausted, and we end the montage. We're in the living room, it's the night of the party. Penny, in a dress and even some makeup, runs around taking care of all the last-minute details. She starts to place framed pictures of her parents and Dave's parents' weddings around the room. Then Gil and a very tall blonde man, Frandon, come in the the front door carrying a table with two turntables on it. Penny, may
8: I introduce you to Frandon, your DJ and the man who'll be sleeping in my bed tonight. Unfortunate phrasing.
3: (laughs) Nice to meet you,
8: Brandon. I think it's Frandon. No, No, that's not a
3: name. Did you ask him? Well,
8: yeah, but his English is spotty. Uh, It said Frandon on his email, but it could be a typo. I mean, you can ask, but trust me, it's like a whole thing.
0: (laughs) Penny turns to Frandon, who's just been smiling innocently this whole time, (laughs) trying to follow the conversation.
3: (laughs) Hi, is is your name Frandon?
7: Nice to meet you, Frandon.
3: (laughs) No. Is your name Frandon?
7: That is my name, too. Oh.
8: <laughs> I think it's the pronouns that trip him up. Okay, whatever.
3: Uh, Brandon, this is going to be a very classy party. I'm just going to need an upscale vibe, and people are going to be here in, like, um, ten minutes, so let's get moving.
0: Gil and Frandon set up their DJ table. The doorbell rings. Penny gives one last look around, satisfied. As she starts to head to get the door, Gil picks up one of the framed pictures Penny has placed around.
8: Is this a picture of your parents' wedding? Yeah,
3: I got the idea for Refinery 29. It's a good way to bring the past into the present. There are pictures of Dave, Dave's parents too.
0: Didn't all these people have terrible acrimonious divorces? <laughs> Penny stands there for a second, taking that in. The doorbell rings again. Help me. Penny quickly runs around, collecting as many framed pictures as she can. Gil does the same. They toss them in Penny's room with a loud crash and slam the door shut. Penny makes her way to the door as loud Norwegian house music starts blaring. She turns to see Frandon, giving her the thumbs up. She gestures for him to turn it down a bit. She takes a deep breath and opens the door to find Ruth, Dave, Faye, Colleen, who's Ruth's sorority sister, and uh, Colleen's date. Penny puts on her best hostess smile and voice.
3: Welcome to one and all. May I take your coats and outerwear?
0: She begins to collect everyone's coats. As she talks, she scans the group, clearly looking for Matt.
3: Uh, please make your way inside to the common area where you will find. Wait, is Matt with you guys? I haven't seen him. Crap. I wish he could have heard my greeting. It was not bad, right? Yeah.
9: Everyone
0: just stands there looking at Penny, confused. Penny ushers everyone in, then peers down the hallway, checking for Matt before she closes the door, and we end act two. In act three, we're in Penny's bedroom. Penny, arms piled with coats, flies into her bedroom, flings the coats, onto the still unmade bed, then smooths her hair and heads back out to her party, where she sees her mom going through Frandon's LPs.
3: Mom, you gotta try the signature cocktail with the time-infused ice cubes. I'm calling it the nuptial Negroni. Yeah, no chance. Did you see that thing? It looked like dog shit. Mm -hmm.
0: Penny goes to the punch bowl. Her pretty pink drink has now turned to brown sludge. Hmm. Gil swoops next to her, carrying 10 shots on a frisbee tray. I
8: think the ice melted into some kind of herbaceous slime. But I
0: got it under control.
8: I
3: wanted this to be classy. It is.
0: The shots are crevassier. <laughs> we see Penny's optimism start to flag when the doorbell rings again. She slaps on a smile and goes to get the door. She spots two slime cocktails and dumps them into a house plant just before opening the door to Matt. She formally shakes his hand.
3: Good evening. I am so glad you could attend. Oh,
0: the pleasure's mine, milady. We're in interior of Penny's bedroom. Penny tosses Matt's coat atop the growing pile, atop the disaster that is her bed. She's about to head back out when she hears a rustling and spots Frandon at her desk, fiddling with her computer. She's alarmed.
1: Why are you in here?
7: It's perfect standard time in Norway. My friend wants Skype with you. With
3: me? I'm, I'm a little busy, Frandon, <laughs> and I'm not super comfortable with you being in here alone.
7: And
0: she hears a loud beeping.
3: Shit, I gotta check the lamb
0: She motions for Frandon to leave and follows him out We're in the kitchen where Penny rushes in to find Dave making microwave popcorn
2: What are you doing? Ruth really shouldn't have six shots of cognac on an empty stomach (laughs) I am about to serve
3: dinner
0: Penny grabs an oven mitt and pulls the lamb out of the oven
3: Is it still supposed to be like gray-purple?
0: She holds it out to him, switching the pan into her other hand, the one without the oven mitt
2: Watch your hand! What?
0: Penny looks at him and then at her hand She's alarmed and tosses the pan onto the counter. She picks it back up again with her bare hands. Nothing.
3: This pan is not hot. Why is this pan not hot?
0: Dave opens the oven again and peers inside.
2: Uh, I definitely smell gas, so the pilot light must be out. When was the last time you used the oven?
3: I don't know. I think we made shrinky dinks one time. <laughs> <laughs> now what can I do? Is, is lamb one of those meats that you can eat raw? Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: would puke.
10: Penny
0: sees Matt headed towards the kitchen. She thinks fast and stashes the lamb in a cabinet.
7: So, uh, some folks were asking for some nuts or crackers, anything, really. Wishing
3: tree time! In the
0: apartment, the group is gathered around as Penny explains the concept of the wishing tree, which sits on their kitchen bar.
3: So, I just write my wish for Ruth and Dave on one of these tags. Um, may you always have laughter in your lives. Wait. Laughter kind of looks like Slaughter. Well, um, you get the idea. And then you hang your wish on the tree.
0: She delicately hangs the wish on the tree, looks at it for a beat, proud of herself. So,
1: who's first?
0: And the entire thing collapses. (laughs) There are a few gasps.
1: Can I wish for a better wishing tree?
7: I'm going to wish for dinner and Advil.
0: Now everyone's really laughing. Penny looks over to Matt, who is starting to look a little pained. Penny slowly backs away as the drunk laughter continues. In Sabine's apartment, Penny sits in Sabine's kitchen, head in her hands.
3: The lamb is raw. The drinks look like pond scum. Everyone is wasted on
4: Cosevier.
3: There's no way Matt is having a good time. I I
4: thought this was your sister's party. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It, yeah, it totally is. Okay, look, we need some food to soak up all of that alcohol. I'm thinking Greek, some hummus, some pita. Inexpensive, but it'll get here quick. You have a color-coded binder for your takeout menus? For occasions just like this. Now, I'll call this in. You head back to your party. Do the party game until the food comes.
0: We're in Penny and Gil's apartment. She stands in front of the group trying to explain the newlywed game. Everyone is way too drunk and not that focused on Penny. <laughs> Although, Frandon listens intently. <laughs>
1: demonstration. Matt, why don't you go
3: on up there with Penny and show us? Mom, please, I really don't want to play the newlywed game with my ex. No, it's okay. Fine. Okay, so if the question is, uh, what was my elementary school nickname? I'd write down the answer and he'd write down what he thought the answer was.
0: Penny and Matt both write their answers.
3: So you turn yours over.
0: He does. It reads Penelope.
3: Okay, that's the opposite of a nickname, and that's not my full name. It's not? No, my name's just Penny, not short for anything, but my nickname was... Smurfette.
0: Penny Penny turns her card over, it reads Smurfette.
3: Do another one, I'm still not following. Seriously. All right, um, what is my guilty pleasure?
0: They write, Matt turns his over.
3: Peasburger. What does
0: that mean? Would you like cheeseburgers,
8: right? (laughs) Well, I
3: mean, yeah, sure, but I was looking for...
0: Eating
8: Cadbury cream eggs and watching I Survived.
0: (laughs) Penny flips over her card. It reads, Cadbury cream eggs and I Survived. Matt looks annoyed. Gil looks a little sheepish for interrupting. He slowly gets up and joins Ruth, really drunk and trying to keep it together. Gil leans next to her, silent for a moment, as he watches Dave on the couch, looking at his phone as the party goes on around him. Does he ever have any fun?
9: He works 80 hour weeks and he has a hundred grand in student loans. Not everyone gets to follow their dream and be some amazing musician.
8: You think I'm amazing? (laughs) I just don't know how you can lock yourself down when you know that I'm still available.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Come on. We slept together once. It
8: was a good once.
9: It was a great once. Yeah. You know I'm not the one you want.
0: Gil takes this in and doesn't argue. He then looks over to Penny, who's still struggling to explain the game to everyone. She looks over and catches his eye. Then she mimes, hanging herself with a rope. Gil laughs. Penny smiles. As Ruth leaves, Penny comes over and joins Gil at the stove.
3: I give up. This is a disaster.
0: Gil whips out a piece of bread in his lighter and proceeds... <laughs> to make his signature toast. (laughs) (laughs) That's you, Gil.
8: Oh, shit. Come
0: on. It's not so bad.
3: does that smell? Damn, this part even smells bad.
0: As Penny leans down to open the oven door... Oh,
3: I'm serious. I don't think I could have planned more things to go wrong. A
0: huge fireball rips out of the oven. <laughs> Lit by Gil's lighter, it flies across the kitchen, hitting the pile of sticks that was the wishing tree, <laughs> igniting it bonfire-style. The whole party gasps. Thinking <gasps> quickly, Gil grabs the punch bowl of brown slime and dumps it on the fire, extinguishing it. Penny looks at the scene, nodding. We're in the apartment later As Penny attempts to clean up the charred brown sludge And sticks on the kitchen bar She looks up and sees Matt approaching
3: I'll get your coat
0: Matt goes to follow Penny to her room But she opens the door just enough to squeeze in But so Matt can't peer inside She emerges in seconds and hands him the coat
3: Um, thanks for coming, I'm sorry it wasn't
0: He starts patting his pockets My wallet is gone
3: What? No, I'm sure it just fell
0: out In the bedroom, Penny looks at the pile of coats Atop the still unmade bed She digs into the pile and comes up with all kinds of things A bra, a jar of peanuts, some old crest white strips But no wallet
6: It's
3: got to be here, this party could not get any worse
0: Penny's search starts to turn frantic She's fighting tears, seeing the whole night crumble around her As she wipes her tears, she turns to see Matt Watching her from the doorway
7: Still not making your bed, huh?
0: Penny's face falls, devastated Before she can even respond Frandon slides by Matt to retrieve his drink You left my beverage when she Skyped with you. (laughs) Matt looks confused, but Penny looks at Frandon. A light bulb goes off.
3: When you were in my room before, did you take a wallet? You did? No, I didn't. (laughs) But when I say, you did, it's like you saying, I did. I did. You did? Yes. I knew it.
0: (laughs) Then <laughs> he takes Brandon by the arm and pulls him back to the living room, past everyone, and shoves him into Gil's room, shutting the door.
3: I'm sorry to have to alarm you all, but I think there has been a crime committed here tonight. Brandon just confessed to a theft, and I think that we had the best detain him until the authorities arrive.
0: There's a pounding on the front door, and we hear a policeman. Open up, Portland PD. Everyone looks at each other. That's weird. Faye goes and opens it, revealing two uniformed police officers. Who is responsible for this party?
3: Uh,
6: technically
3: it's me, but the party in its currency does not reflect my initial vision. We've gotten several noise complaints from your neighbors. We need you to turn down this music. (laughs) Oh! Oh, that! Of course, uh, now, thank God you're here. We were just going to call you, but...
0: Penny tries to open the door to Gil's room, but it's stuck.
3: Sorry, the sticks sometimes.
0: As she jiggles the handle nervously, Frandon starts yelling from inside Gil's room.
2: Help! Help! Hostage inside!
3: Oh, no. No, 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 no. He's not... It's not... He cannot possibly know the definition of hostage.
0: Cop number two tries to open the door. It's still stuck. Then, out of nowhere, cop number one runs full speed into the door and knocks it off its hinges. Frandon sits on Gil's made bed, looking quite frightened as cop number one goes to him and wraps him in a blanket. Cop number two... Takes Penny by the arm
1: We're going to have to take you to the station and figure this
0: out Off Penny, looking around at the mayhem her party has become We're in the east precinct of the Portland Police Department Penny sits in a holding cell where we saw her in the beginning Her hair a mess, makeup streaked down her cheeks from crying She watches as the cops battle through the language barrier with Frandon (laughs) She then sees cop number one and Dave enter The cop holding a plastic evidence bag which contains Matt's wallet Penny's eyes go wide Dave heads over to Penny
2: Matt's wallet was on your bed Under an old pirate's booty bag That was tangled in your comforter (laughs) Penny's mortified But Frandon's not pressing charges His name actually is Frandon So mystery solved (laughs) Dave heads back And cop
0: number two comes
2: toward the cell
0: He unlocks the door And hands Penny a baggie of her belongings She opens the bag and pulls out her stuff And as she grabs her phone Penny sits there for a moment thinking She then holds up her phone Points it at herself And hits record
3: Hey, Giselle. So, well, I know you're not happening now, but just in case you might happen someday, I wanted to teach you about all the stuff about being an adult that I never learned. Because You know, we all assume that being an adult is about making the right life choices, navigating those big crucial events. But I'm going to posit that it starts with the little things. So, here we go. You gotta trust me on this one. Tip number one, make your fart. Sorry, I should watch my language. Just make your effing bed.
0: In the East Precinct later, Penny heads out the door of the precinct.
3: And unfortunately, you'll probably be hearing a lot more from me, because this will not be easy, and it certainly won't be pretty.
0: She looks up to see Matt coming in. Hey,
7: they told me they had my uh, wallet upstairs.
3: You know, I wanted to throw a party for Ruth, but I really did it for you. I wanted to show you that I could be a grown-up.
7: Well, you showed me that you could take down a confused Norwegian DJ. You
3: know, it's so weird. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to grow up. I remember this amazing lady who lived next door. She knew how long to boil an egg, and how to read a map, and, like, 15 amazing crafts that you can do with Q-tips. And I just remember thinking, I cannot wait until I'm grown up like her, so I know how to do all that stuff, too. I'm, like, five years older than she was then, and I don't know anything. I kept thinking there was going to be a class or a leaflet or something that would just teach me everything, but there just isn't.
7: But you'll figure it out. Hey, I did. I mean, who would have thought when I was a kid that I would develop a passion for the biomechanics of long-distance running?
3: Absolutely no one. That is boring to adults and children alike. And so here's the thing I realized— I can't grow up for you. I need to do it for myself.
7: I know. And when you do, you're going to be unstoppable.
0: Penny smiles and turns to go as Matt heads up the stairs.
3: Because becoming an adult is not a fixed destination. It's an ongoing journey. It's a verb, not a noun.
0: Now we're in the East Precinct parking lot.
3: And everyone needs as much help as they can get along the way.
0: Penny looks out to the parking lot to find Gil, Ruth, Faye, and Dave waiting for her.
3: I am so
9: sorry about that party. Are you kidding? It was epic. Dave and I were wondering if the
3: wedding could ever top it.
0: Penny smiles as Ruth envelops her in a hug, and we're back in her voiceover.
3: The truth is, the harder you look, the more you realize. No one has this adult thing on lockdown. Everyone is struggling every day trying to figure this thing
1: out.
0: Penny hugs her mom, then Gil, and then Dave. We're in Penny's room. Penny enters her bedroom and, though exhausted, makes her bed. She stares at it all nicely made and smiles.
3: One tiny step at a time.
0: Then she unmakes it, gets in, and turns off the light. (laughs) End of show.
2: Welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles.
4: So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition.
0: Isn't there anyone who can
4: save us from this travesty?
0: Wait, could it be?
4: It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast.
2: Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations,
4: woke trips through the history of wrestling,
0: and joke about the finer points of people wearing
9: spandex.
4: What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week! Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Ties
0: and Bites Podcast. Ties
6: and Bites.
0: Okay, I'm here with Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein. Thanks Hi. for being here. Hi. Hi. We're here to talk about adulting. Yes. So, this started with a book. Yes. Um, it started with
10: a, a
0: blog. A blog that, that became a book. book. But right. did you were you aware... Of the blog, or just did you become aware of it?
6: At the we, it was just stage. sent to us, yeah. The book was sent to you? Yeah. Yes.
0: And you guys are sort of really the pros at doing this how-to book into <laughs> yes. film or television. Very small niche <laughs> and yes. carved for ourselves. But you, you are the book, king
10: and queen of it. If you have a book with no story, yes. yeah. send it to us. Yeah. But
0: that is the skill. So so the, the book, and her Kelly Williams Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, is a how-to book, really, about how to be an adult, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. And we we can't take credit for finding the book. It was a book that they had a bad robot that they had already optioned and sent to us. And I think at the time, we were like, we don't no want to do TV. I think we'd already said no TV.
0: And that was just because you'd been burned too many times? Yeah,
1: we've had our heart broken, and we were just done. Um. And then we're just like such pussies. And then J.J. Abrams <laughs> called us, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, we love to meet Right,
10: hard person to turn down. Yeah, right. literally called, and then they said, "Just come in and meet." And then he was in the meeting, and it was like,
0: "Of course well, we're going to we're do, 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 do this." Do this. this. Yeah, yeah, we have no backbone. So how does it work? Having I've never done this, and it seems super daunting to me to read a book that is a how-to book and figure out how to make a
10: story out of it.
1: Well. I, don't know. I think this one actually had more um, raw material to pull from than other stuff that we've done. Like, she
10: had some really funny little stories and snippets and ideas. And did those, some of those get some used? Some of those did A get lot used, of them did, yeah. yeah. For instance...
1: For the, instance, the Taco Bell napkin when you run out of toilet paper. That was something that was in, maybe even in the, in the blog. Yeah. But, I mean, versus He's Just Not That Into You, where I don't think we took a story or a beat... Or an in, I mean we you took, took the, a title. We took the title and that's about it. This we there was some I mean there was no there were no characters and relationships and anything like that or jobs or any clues for how to arc this into a story, but there were some funny beats that we could steal. Yeah,
10: and I think even more so for the pitch of like what the show was gonna be in future episodes, we took a, some of oh, her that's fans. True. yeah. That, yeah. you know, for, like, five episodes down the line, you could build an episode around this kind okay. of thing. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. useful, for sure. And I
1: think it was a combo also when I um first lived without my roommate or without Mark or whatever. I got my first apartment um, in West Hollywood um, because I knew a gal who lived upstairs, and she kind of taught me a lot about adulting. So it was a combo of stuff that we took from Kelly Williams Brown and cop and a lot of stuff that, like, all the wooden birds and how to decorate and all that stuff was stuff that was from Sabine me.
6: was
0: from your Yes, Yes, and
1: you. me learning, like, about bikini waxes and, <laughs> every, I mean, everything that I didn't know up until then.
10: Yeah.
0: So that, I
1: think it was a, comp, it, it, it spoke to us, and I think there was a lot of raw material. Yeah, it was like,
10: yeah, a story we wanted to tell that could be, yeah, uh, sort of grafted with right. this was concept. It,
0: was any part of the climactic party and all those things that go wrong was any
10: of that from the book or
0: was
6: that
1: that no that
0: that was
10: not there's nothing from the book not a character not a thing we made all of that right all the stuff we
1: took were just cute funny beats but yeah all the story and characters and plot was all invented
0: yeah Right, so I guess so. You start. You you figure the main character is going to be a version of the of Kelly, so yes. you know, and mixed with you, you mixed a bit. with me for sure. But the right. mom was your mom. The mom that was, was going to. I mom. I figured that because <laughs> yes. she that she's so specific. There's obviously a lot of TV moms, yes. but that line where she's the spring awakening thing and she's right. just about I'm just doing a pat-a-beret, for, <laughs> right. and it's portion right. is so amazing. I was just like I, that has to be someone's actual mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When
1: she also says, But I'm a young adult, then I feel like it's yeah, it's definitely mom. her mom, definitely yeah,
10: mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the idea of like, we were just interested in like how who's supposed to teach you those things, and like how do you get to that age without knowing anything, right? I mean, and, right. and creating the character who was responsible for maybe teaching her those things, and who, why is she that way, and right, right. why was she right.
0: incapable <laughs> exactly, right.
10: right? Yeah, which is how your mom is.
1: Totally. No, I rem- in our, my first apartment, I thought the newspaper came with the house. I, don- I literally didn't understand it was a separate transaction <laughs> that you have with a whole other company that sends your newspaper. Like, I just was unprepared. One that probably would have made it into some episodes yes. now.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite jokes and things is when she's like, what are those things called? Like, curtains? <laughs> yes. yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was very much me, too, when I moved into this apartment. And my friend upstairs was almost like the concierge- for my life as I was trying to like have a a place a kitchen with things in it and you know she very much guided me in that direction
0: right decorating and things I I mean I feel like window treatments are one of the most daunting yeah when I moved into my first place there was just no way I was going to be able to figure that out and she was even
1: like you gotta get a cat I was like okay I do she's like it's not a home without a pet I was like "All right, I still have her like I just she totally showed me how to be
0: so once when you read the book, were you almost immediately like, I relate to this and I can 100%. see making this? Mark, were you not that way? You were just born, grown up, and fully. I was a,
10: l- a little more functioning than you were, I think. As a right. When we lived together, adult. he
1: would make the bed. I'd never heard of that.
10: Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, that was not necessarily something that was ingrained in me growing up. But I feel like I just was. I I like things neat, so I was just like, no, I'm just gonna do this for myself. Uh, but no, I was definitely not as um, helpless as you were. Mm-hmm.
0: So have thought. you served that purpose for Abby over time, too, teaching her? Like, well,
1: like when I moved into my apartment, yeah, I like came and hooked up my DVD player and yes. my speakers and all that.
10: That's you know. true. I did do that.
0: So, so not only was J.J. Abrams bringing you this book, but you connected to the material.
10: For sure. For sure. I mean, I think that was the combination. We didn't, I don't think we would have gone that much further if we did. were like, oh, this could be good. Right. Like, it mm-hmm. was, it definitely, it was one of those ones where the pitch came together pretty easily. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this is funny. This is a good pilot.
6: Mm-hmm.
10: It was a really fun, you know, 20 minute thing we put together to take to the networks that felt like, like enjoyable to tell people about. So yeah. then, you know, you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. We, it wasn't painful at all.
0: And when you were pitching it how much of this pilot story did you know at that? None. Point? I don't not, think we knew. None. We didn't have it at all. It
10: was one of the I think the make your bed idea was one of the episodes, mm-hmm. but it was not it was not a pilot. We didn't pitch a pilot. And what about
0: the the concept of
10: like
1: the, the, device, dra- of, the device of
0: devising this, did we this have non-existent We
10: did have the device cuz JJ was very much like is there is there a type like a felicity type thing we can have in here? With someone, to, oh, right. with there the, were the letters home and Felicity. Yeah, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was like, "What? What can we do to like make it structurally a little more interesting than just a straight TV show?" Mm-hmm. So, which came
0: first, the idea that she'll be shocked into becoming an adult by this pregnancy scare? That was in the pilot. Th- I mean that was in the pitch.
10: pitch. The pitch was b- b- the pitch had basically like the teaser of the pilot in it, like the setup. Okay. But the story after that was not was not included in the pitch at all. Um but we also felt like doing a single camera half hour on a network is so tight, like it's so short time-wise that you need some sort of device to skip over some story mm-hmm. to really tell an entire story in that time. So we felt like we needed something. mm mm-hmm. Mhm whether it's being told in retrospect, there's something to bridge gaps in So
1: we can scoot it along. Exactly. Right.
10: Yeah. Although you don't
0: in the pilot use it throughout. Don't think. We it's don't it's not like you it's a real
10: voiceover thing. It's sort it's of not, a it. No. it didn't end up you it didn't end, end up needing it. We didn't end up needing it, but that was <laughs> right. the sort of impetus for trying to create it.
1: We've always done that. We've always like spent so long agonizing over we're gonna do this voiceover construct. And then we get into the script and we're like I'm I can't service this construct that I use to help myself. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean, I feel like that happened really recently, where I was like, I cannot shoehorn in this voiceover.
10: Yeah, we have nothing left to say with this. Yeah. Right.
1: So I think I think we've maybe just been trained so much to write a certain way where you don't need any helpers that once you try to like make room for your helpers, you. There isn't
6: any,
0: you know? Yeah, uh, I, I'm personally, off I, I don't love voiceover. And I find it's often used just to tell people stuff we already know. Right? Yes. didn't really it And if it's just totally. really funny, ironic counterpoint sometimes. But mm-hmm. but this seems better because it really, it does, it bookends it and gives you the opportunity at the end, I guess, to satisfy, you know, spelling out what the show is about. Exactly. And what, right. It's right. Going, yeah. what it's yeah. going to be. Right. Um,
10: yeah, it definitely was more, it was ended up being more structural, or how we were building the a episodes yeah. as opposed to within the episode. I think that's,
0: yeah. yeah. Right. You probably wouldn't have gotten to say that adult is a, is a verb and not a noun without it. Yes. it got it. Right, got right. A, it would have been tough in dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but this you know what just occurred to me? a lot
6: about, I don't know, parts of
0: speech. Yep. Yes. Um, but I think it, it serves really well as a, you know, and it's yeah. an interesting way to do to addressing not even you know, an unborn, a hypothetical, right. non-existent, right, unborn child, yes, maybe that. yeah. Um, so I guess I'm, you know, okay, but It's just really, it's always interesting how you start and how you get there. You had a main character that was, the book suggested, that, and you probably had this idea of the journey she needs to go on, yes. with, yeah. of learning to be an adult. Um, what about? Because I'm always curious about jobs, because I find writing jobs on on TV shows Ugh. really hard to come up with yeah um the athletic shoe uh fit consultants yeah where'd that come from
10: I don't remember I just we just thought it was really funny we, we, don't, we knew we wanted
1: I mean I know it came from you know I don't even know if it's still there, but and we're never in Brentwood, but you know on San Vicente and Brentwood, you know front runners, hmm Yeah. Like, that's what it should look like. In a, like, a dark right. wood Right, they've got minimal. the machine where you
0: stand the on it yeah. and it analyzes yes, your exactly. feet. exactly.
1: I don't know why that stuck but in you, my But mind.
0: you wanted her to be in a relationship with her ball, in a relationship
10: with someone who is an adult much exactly, more than she is. Yes. Yes. Thought that he wasn't, but, like, had an inflated sense of adulthood in right. a way. That... But the job was maybe a little, that he took a little too seriously. I think it also came from, Kelly's from Portland, and we wanted to set it in Portland, and that just felt like, run like Nike, it just felt like a running society. Outdoors-y. Yeah. So it just kind of felt funny. I think we kicked around a few different things that he could be really into. Right. Like obsessively into and it just also felt like, like the, running is kind of annoying.
0: Around that time yeah. Mark was
1: doing this weird barefoot run. I
10: was, yeah. Oh, you had read Born to Run.
0: I had, As I yeah. did too. And so totally he was like into, into
1: that at that time and like running around Whitley Heights in bare feet. And yes. It was like a weird time.
10: It was a weird time. <laughs> yeah. I was doing that. So maybe we were just so making you're really, fun of me. Uh, maybe. You are really into yeah. pronation and yes. Over, okay. yes. Can't do it at all. I mean, Gotcha. I got. Okay. to to something. It is.
0: It's always challenging figuring out those workplaces. <laughs> it's and I'm always sure. challenging. You yeah. maybe hadn't thought. You know, 30, 40 episodes in. No, um, God the, no. The athletic shoe fitting stories. Are they still
10: going to just be <laughs> flooding
0: out?
1: Right. Uh,
10: but I think we had assumed she wouldn't be working there, so it wasn't going to be. So it was the, part of the show was going to be her figuring out what, what that to is, what to do with her life. So. Right.
1: And I always feel like... I mean, I in network development, they always keep using words like engine and stuff in terms of the workplace. And from the time I was a little kid, I always waded through the workplace stuff to get to the good stuff. Right. You know, so I never... I know they say that to me and I do it back to them because that's what they are saying I have to do but I never really feel that that's the engine
10: like it's going to create any story I I
0: find if it's not a workplace show then you don't care about the workplace that's what I feel
1: like and I never really and I don't love workplace shows so for me I never care about the workplace and so it is just for me it's just to service that but if you don't love the character and the, the relationships and you want to be there all the time and the workplace is just a place for that to happen in a different set that you already own then I don't know for me, it's never been
10: yeah, and we were also re- interested in exploring like the idea of I mean usually you have characters who have dreams right right, but like the the idea of like what if what if you're not that great at your dream like and we had this stuff about drawing and what she wanted to do, but like we're gonna we were considering exploring that as a thing it's like that's not for me, like I'm not <laughs> an artist, but then what am I like what? do I just get a job? Do I, like how do I be an adult if I'm not this like snowflake that I was taught that I was, this really special person? What right. if I'm just someone who needs to get a job and like right. get their shit together? Right. And how does that, how does that process go right. for someone in their early 20s? Right, because
1: I think we're used to that in film or movies like the flashback to him doodling parachutes and then that, <laughs> kind, you know, he become, he's into aviation. He has to become an aviator because he doodled the parachutes. Right. You know, and and I feel like in movies and TV we're so used to that, but there is a version of the kid who doodled parachutes, and he then he grew up, and he like I don't know, I like parachutes, but I don't know, I'm going be to become an accountant. Yeah.
0: Do you know, and I
1: feel like we don't get to. <laughs> Not see... Not everyone
0: has the passion that yes. they discover in childhood.
1: Or they might still have the passion, but like the parachutes didn't work out. Right. Do
0: you know what I
1: mean? like, <laughs> that happens sometimes, and it's okay. And to, you know, I feel like.
10: And that was the mom character too. Was sort of a. Uh, emblematic of that of this person I thought she who, was like, going to be a dancer exactly and just kind of like never figured anything else out to do <laughs> right and, and
4: yeah. was doing
0: community theater productions <laughs> exactly. just spring awakening and holding on yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so did you have a, a sense of where Penny was was going to go how much did you pitch in terms of her journey and where she was we going? honestly
10: didn't in specific I mean we knew that we wanted the first season to sort of lead towards her getting some sort of actual job but we didn't didn't really pinpoint what that was gonna be at all
1: no we didn't I mean I think the first season was really taking uh each thing you know it was gonna be like that make your bed roast a chicken you know whatever it is change your oil everyone is gonna be a thing and the story unrolls out of that but I don't think we pitched like the end point of where that season would Mm -hmm. be other than she'd be able to make a chicken (laughs) <laughs> right did you do it? But it, was, it
0: was conceived in that way that each episode was... One specific task. One specific adult, thing. Yes. adult skill. thing
1: one should know, yes. Okay. Write a condolence letter, do a thing, you know, all these things that...
10: That's
0: what it'd be shaped around. Yeah. yeah. In a sort of my name is Earl.
10: Exactly, yeah,
0: yeah. I think yeah. we did talk about that, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Which I still, like, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, that could have worked. Yeah. Like, it
6: totally could have. Yeah,
0: because you also have, because that's, you also have a love triangle. Which yes. is going to, a, yes. a, a big part of ending. the show, yeah. yeah. So it's not like these things would be standalone. Oh, it's just no, chicken. No. So like, during that, you'd, you would you'd, be you'd filter the stories through right. that, and yeah. we
1: have the sister and her husband who are supposedly like the the people who did get their shit together and are adulting, and how they would slip, and the people who didn't, and how they would sometimes be able to, you know, leapfrog them, and the boyfriend. Like we'd have all those. I think we'd be able to filter all of those ideas through the mom, through the, everybody who's at different stages of having it together right?
0: yeah yeah um, it, you know, it, it does make sense and the, and the book would have given you some of those it did those... it did yeah. yeah
1: she had she had some good ones I feel like
10: yeah she did
0: I was oh, just, well. yeah I was glancing at so it sort of divided into the decorating and cooking and all those things. So you all these different aspects of like finance or whatever. Exactly. So you have a varied you're
10: you're You're not not, always doing doing the same same thing. thing. No. Right.
0: It's not always a domestic
10: task. It's not
0: right.
1: And even yesterday it started drizzling out of nowhere. The other day I was in Beverly Hills coming up from Doctor and I was surprised that I was one of the people who had an umbrella at the ready. (laughs) Most people did not and it was like I feel like I think about those things a lot. Like I felt inappropriately proud of myself. Like who oh, fucking yeah. cares? <laughs> but I was so um, so proud of my forethought, yeah. my ingenuity.
0: And I saw you changing a car tire on the side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> right. it I done very impressive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you know what I mean? Like there are still now things where like those simple things that you Yeah,
0: but you also have kids and so you, you've had to do a you lot of a, a, yeah. a very that's true. adult that force that forces, forces you to, you too, to right. be an adult.
1: Sure, correct. Like, yeah. right. Snacks just come out of my purse that I've. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And a lot of forethought and planning and mm-hmm. before you leave the house kinds of things. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I've gotten better. <laughs> um, Frandon. Frandon.
10: Where did Frandon. What
1: point I is think that? I was like, I misheard you. <laughs> you did.
10: Literally, you did. That's what it was.
1: <laughs> uh, I think you were saying <laughs> <Ben> Brandon. Yes. <laughs> those <And> then, those <laughs> are
10: my favorite kinds of. That and then yeah. And
1: then we were just like, that yeah. is so funny. <laughs> yeah.
10: Yeah. And Definitely s- was that, but but the idea of <laughs> that was in the pitch for sure. Just right. even no, not well, not enough. Brandon was, but just the idea that that the Gil Airbnb. was Gil was yeah, Airbnb'ing yeah, yeah, yeah. his room, okay, like as an example of like how you know fly by the seat of his pants he was trying and making money and not that concerned about having a right. job. I that. love the
0: plan. i was just gonna hang out at the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> exactly. room. It's a foolproof plan. Yes. <laughs> I don't, totally. need, I don't totally. need the room. Right. No, right, right. the yeah.
1: extreme of non-adulting, but you can still like. He's getting by with those kinds of plans, like using his car accident for as his plan. Yeah. You know?
0: Right. So, so that idea came before the name. It wasn't all driven by the name was in the what script. It was driven by the name. No, yeah. no,
1: we did We knew it was going to be Airbnb to this weird European. Yes. And then other than that, we I don't think we knew much more than that in the pitch. No. He was gonna DJ. We knew he was gonna DJ.
10: That was the that
0: was the like hope. a
1: weird yeah.
10: Yeah.
0: And did you in terms of the the dinner fiasco, um, was was that done working backwards from we want fire and no or it that it, one, did it all kind of that happen It step came by step? together
10: weirdly through we had we had set up in the in the outline in the initial draft the, the wishing tree and the punch and the oven randomly and written a draft of it and none of that stuff happened at the end and they just wanted that was a note
6: like can it crescendo be better, more can it be fiasco. sure yeah, yeah. A and we had, had these
10: things yeah. and we were like alright these yeah. three things work together <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so originally
0: the punch was, didn't become Scum it and, did oh it that did. But, but that, that was, was the end of that story and that basically. was the whole end
10: so so each you, thing well. just kind but of there failed there was no fireball wishing tree and catching fire and I remember no.
1: thinking about it and we're like that's too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I was
10: like we have them all
1: yeah
10: yeah the oven wasn't working like that was in the script so yeah the cold we, the the raw lamb
0: It
1: was all in the script that was all right that was all in there before the the big fireball and
0: was that make the big third act event, um, was that one of the bigger notes that you got? That was was kind of the the only one. That was the only note I got, I think. They just wanted a bigger ending. Just
10: a bigger crescendo to the to the party. She wanted they wanted her to fail kind of more spectacularly. Yeah.
1: I mean like most of these things I guess right. The development process was really easy and everyone was really happy to from our film projects. <laughs> to make sure you hear yeah. that every time. Like, we were the go-to yeah. guys.
10: Yeah. Um, it, was, you... it was one of the better development processes we had.
1: Right, and not because, like, they didn't care, but because I felt like everyone was happy about it, yeah. like, excited about it, you know? Yeah, Which I'm I sure always is... get a
0: little nervous when people tell me, oh, it's going right. Here. And then when people tell me, I, I hate this, they've maybe changed it so many times, I don't even
10: like it anymore. And then it gets I picked go, up. Like, oh, that's going.
1: Right. Uh, that one's I mean, we go. are, so don't go both ways. So <laughs> we've had both. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've had both.
10: We've definitely had both. The last two
1: Like, some of them, you're like, this just doesn't even feel like it's in the mix. And it wasn't. Do you know what I
6: mean? Like, no surprise, it <laughs> right. wasn't in the mix. Yeah. You
1: know? Like, you're feeling that thing. The call like, is not shocking. Things are happening. Or and you're the, we didn't here. even get a call. Did <laughs> anyone read it? Right. That's happened, too.
0: So, you do mostly film, I guess we yes. could say. Right? Certainly these days. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it different when, you're, when you are conceiving and writing pilots versus the features is it is the process much different yeah i think for us
10: like yeah i mean i don't know if it would be if the business side of it wasn't different Mm. um probably not that different in terms of us but you're left a lot you're left alone a lot more in movies, for sure like once you've pitched it or or you've gotten the job they're like all right just go write it like there's not all these mm. steps and notes yeah. at
0: every. No, there
1: are, but and we've been lucky with saying like that's just not our process. We don't we don't tend to work great like that because then you feel locked into this thing which we're never gonna do. Right. Because we're gonna get to page 15 and realize all these other cool things and then.
10: We what? wasted a month doing an outline for right,
1: you right. One. Yeah. and
0: going. So you back were able to form. do that. You're able in film to go from pitch to here's the first draft. Yes.
5: yes.
1: Or sometimes a page outline, just like literally a. Like, this is a beach sheet, yes, kind of... mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah,
10: or a meeting sometimes, or a
1: meeting, yeah, we that's that so. actually sometimes works better. Um, and
10: they'll and there'll be like three headlines based on your pitch, of like, look out for this and this part, right? Maybe we, mm-hmm. we can dig a little deeper there and whatever. But it's not, it's not like I mean, that's the worst from for me. I, well, I think you probably agree the outline, well, the story area and the outline process now of network pilots is just. It's just brutal. Well, and for yeah. me, I have a it very just kills hard time
1: with being like, we just don't know if it's funny enough to on an outline. Yeah, and I just don't. I don't.
10: I agree with you. I don't. I, I don't
0: yeah. know yet either. It's an yeah.
1: Right. So I guess that part of it, I start to become.
0: So it's a very problematic you know, literary form. The yeah. the screenplay, <laughs> teleplay, outline. It right. Really is, um, because you can make things sound like they're going to work in an outline and. And yeah, they don't. And in the network TV process, you you're given almost more time on the, oh on right. the outline than you are in the script. Know, know. And you're even at the end of that outline process of getting everyone on board, you're you're still at, at square one. Right. Yeah,
1: because you still don't know, know if any of it is approval. going to work. You're not writing to right. set yourself up for success. Yeah, right. So I think that part is frustrating, and I think. I mean, in movies, we will outline for ourselves and start writing and be like, "Shit, this doesn't work. Let's go back and." Re-. But we don't have to do that, and then have the whole. The whole and you're also sheet.
0: not worried. Oh, but well, wait, they saw this in the outline. We told them. Yes. They're, they're expecting this. Correct. and Do we have and, to do it? And
1: we've done. I mean, we've written a movie where we got to like page seventy-five, and we're like, "No, go back, re-outline, rewrite." They never have to know that, and we worked our asses off still, but they they just didn't need to be part of that process. I feel like it would be much slower and more complicated.
0: And so, what is your process together when you're writing together? Are you in that room together the whole time? When we time?
1: outline, for sure. When we outline, we kind but of have. But it's our to version of an outline, person. right? The
0: outline you're doing for you. For ourselves, yes. yeah.
1: right? Which is not, um, you know, it doesn't take slug line by slug line and describe the scene, right? Um, you know, we outline, but we do have an outline of like every ten pages where we'd like to be, and like salient details as we go and i'm keep a psycho thing taped to the desk with those lines and then i start scribble scrabbling in ideas and then it just turns into like a crazy taped on thing (laughs) and that becomes what we work off of and then if i want to work at home i have to take a picture of the thing and it's the whole thing
0: yeah and so are you writing scenes Separately and bring them to each other, or you're writing them together.
10: Not neither.
0: We don't
1: usually write scenes together. No, that doesn't usually happen. I mean, unless, I guess, unless it's like we're doing one of those multiple story arc things, and we can't figure out how to get stories crossing, or you know.
10: Right, and in those instances, like with he's just not that into you, we would write. We'd separate stories. And say, like, you
9: take that. Or rewriting
1: sometimes. We'll go yeah. through and, like, what should we do to this scene? Or how should we fix their notes or whatever? I feel like that's the only time we would sit there and look at a scene together and try to, you know.
10: Right. But usually it's more just a bounce back and forth thing. Where if one person's writing, the other person's not. We haven't outlined, like, deeply enough to go ahead. To be like, you take this scene and I'll take one further ahead. We don't. Right. We, we can not
1: do, do that. that. You don't do that. No. No. And I think I probably like get more upset if Mark rewrites me than he
0: gets when I right yes, for sure.
1: Right, like I'll call him immediately and be like I don't understand why you he's like you rewrote every scene I oh, Why you care if I get that one? What? Like how would I know that was important?
10: Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty been a, that's been a consistent process for us since the beginning.
1: You mean me rewriting you? Or no. Or like doing
10: it? Are doing it that sort of like bounce back and forth yes, way. So you figured it out early and it worked for you and you've stayed that part of it yes pretty much yeah but it's not oh, but it, again sometimes it changes if if we're doing two things at once or
1: right.
10: if there's a rewriting process then someone might be doing more of mm-hmm. that than the other thing or that 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 changes depending on what we're doing but like in the in the you know the process of actually just writing one thing i don't think it's changed that much since the
9: beginning
1: no And Mark has more tolerance for, like, weirdness in stories, stuff that's, like, kind of tangential and I don't feel, like, fits. (laughs) And I think I have more tolerance for, like, something that, I mean, he would be, like, more schmaltzy. And I think (laughs) it's sentimental and, you know, sweet. Right. So So we balance each other out in that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, What are your feelings about TV at this point? Are you feeling like... I
1: think we're like at an interesting place. Just you know, we just wrote and directed our first movie, right? um, Which was just an insane experience, just totally insane all around. A year of our lives, just like running a sprint for a year. Um, So now I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was something. I feel like normally, if you answer that question, our answer to that question is. We would do TV, we would do whatever, but what we really want to do is like try to direct our own movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and now that you've done now that, that, we've done that <laughs> now I don't know <laughs> what, our,
1: what we want to do. If we want to try doing some TV in some more non traditional way, um, in some like limited series kind of deal that feels kind of like a movie, or I don't know.
10: I don't know either. <laughs> it's tough. I don't see us getting back into network TV at any yeah, point. Probably
1: not. It just not.
10: I'm not sure where we fit in that world.
1: What or in the cable world too, I'm just not sure. I think we need to find in sort of the new kind of different environments where our voice fits the best besides writing like studio romantic comedies, which we love doing. But if there's a place now in some kind of alternate T V space where we could do that same kind of thing, then yeah. But I think we found over time that maybe network wasn't that place.
0: Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Um, was there anything when you heard this um, that struck you either way? That was just like, oh, that that was better than I remember. Or, oh, if i hearing it out loud, I would rewrite that. Anything that, that really struck you
6: hearing it? I mean, it?
1: just some dated stuff like her playing the candy game. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is not funny. Yeah. Um, but, like, most things I think that you worked hard on and that you were proud of at one time, when you, I mean, when I heard it, I think this is why I find TV so painful. Because I do feel that there are things that, like, I'm the same as every other TV writer who's put no less effort into that thing than the thing that did go or the movie that made $100 million or whatever. But all of these things, for whatever reason, are just, you know dead and and discarded yeah right so I think that part I find still like somewhat painful
10: yeah and strange like a strange business model
1: yeah I mean then it starts me thinking I'm like what about that show we, the camp show that I loved that one what happened to that you know it was like there's so many things and then we did some we did a crazy one at ABC that I'm like what if we could redo three peats or you know yeah. there's so many things like ideas that were no less worthy they just
10: right I mean we had like seven years of overall TV deals where we were writing two pilots a year. I mean, we just have a...
1: I'm sure you have, like, a 100,000.
10: <laughs> I have many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And are there- some are better than others. Some like- are better. Some some deserve <laughs> no. to die,
0: for sure. <laughs> yes. For yes. sure.
1: And, um, but those are usually the ones that you were kind of shooting. Y- yeah. You know.
0: Sometimes those are the obligation. Oh, I've got a mm-hmm. I've got well, yeah. to do or two. I have to do two. Or this is the yeah.
1: year that they want... Yes. A small town man. Yeah,
6: <laughs> Band- <you're doing. laughs>
0: any bandwagon jumping is, is always a bad idea. Yeah, and right. so I can right. Certainly have those bandwagon jumping. Oh, let's well, adapt a British show. That seems to be the thing. Right. Uh, I guess right. now it would be, let's reboot. Yes. Right. Blank. Like, yeah. Right. Your right. silver spoons reboot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
10: Right. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. We did a reboot. Well, that didn't go either. We have one of those. <laughs> we did Bewitched.
10: Yeah. Oh. That was the last. That was the death nail.
1: That was the nail. <sighs> In the coffin.
10: That was the last one you did.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> well, you know, there's some of these other ones. There's always Dead Pilot Society. Totally. Yes.
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it 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 definitely, like, makes you think back on those kinds of things. But, I mean, and people say whatever your feature ones are never really dead. I mean, sometimes that's true. I guess sometimes it's. I mean, we still have things that never got made that maybe. I mean, we still right. talk about them. Could we get this one out of, yeah, there? Think, one out of I, there? Yeah, I do think.
0: Yeah, we've. I've talked about this with other people who go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not as definitive a death in film. You know? No, it things is not. To, no. It, it's much more definitive in TV, which sometimes can be a blessing because like, don't worry like, about it, it. it's yeah. not dragged out forever. You just get that no, and it's but just like okay. you never
1: will a, get that call. Probably which is like, oh my god, you'll never believe it. They're making the warm-up guy wonder. Right. You know, I mean, not that we're gonna get that call, but yeah. we could. We could. It could happen. You know. Sure.
10: You know. We won't. Not that one. I don't know.
1: Not that one. <laughs> no, probably not.
0: <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks so much for letting us do it. Of sure. It was it was so great and, and for coming in and, and talking with me. Yeah. yeah thank you. Pleasure nice yeah. guys. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, thank you to my co-host Ben Blacker. Ben, casting these things with you is just pure joy. Thanks to everyone at Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth Theater. Thank you to Noah Findling for editing and coordinating and everything else. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Maximum Fun wherever you get your podcasts. We really don't want you to miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a rating. And follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram and Facebook at Dead Pilot Society. You'll get updates on casting. You'll find out about all of our live shows. Don't forget to go to Eventbrite. If you're in L.A., get your tickets for our June 23rd show. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening.